Hi, welcome to Now on Netflix, the only podcast helping you decide what to watch that's made by Netflix. I'm your host, Henry Goldblatt, executive editor of Todoom.com, the official Netflix site made for and dedicated to fans. Each week, we bring you inside info and recommendations from the latest releases to hidden gems. And I am thrilled to introduce my co-host today, Jessica Shaw, who's formerly a writer at Entertainment Weekly and now a host on Sirius XM's Radio Andy. Jessica, how are you? Hello, Henry. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. On today's show, we're going to be joined by our special guest, Ann Cohen, an editor for Todoom.com, who's going to chat with us about the new summer blockbuster, Heart of Stone, starring Gal Gadot, Jamie Dornan, and Alia Bott, as well as the upcoming series, Painkillers, starring Matthew Broderick. And then we're going to go through our top 10 most watched shows of the week. But before we get to all that, Jessica and I have known each other for literally like two decades. Is it that long, Jessica? Really just two years. Let's just go with that. <laughs> or two months. Jessica and I have known each other for two months. It was nice meeting you yesterday. <laughs> exactly. I think we first bonded and clashed over Beverly Hills 90210. Yes. Um, I believe I was Team Kelly and Dylan and you were Team Brenda and Dylan. I mean, OG, come on. <laughs> I think we're always going to disagree about this. But the one thing I realized is, Jessica, there's still, even after all these years, stuff that I don't know about you. So I thought I'd have our producer, Jen, play a little game with us. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. It's going to be various categories about Netflix shows and movies and binges. So are you ready? I am ready. First Netflix binge. Three, two, one, go. Arrested Development. Wild Wild Country. What is Wild Wild Country? I don't even know. Honestly, like end the podcast right now and go watch it. It's the best docuseries about this cult. And oh, it's so good. And it's a true binge because good luck not hitting the next episode button. Nice. I may go home and do that tonight. Mine is Arrested Development, which was originally developed for another network, and then Netflix picked it up for two additional seasons. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, it stars Jason Bateman, the late great Jessica Walter, Portia de Rossi, and Will Arnett as the most dysfunctional Orange County family imaginable. I can't recommend it enough. If you're a fan of, like, 30 Rock and, like, that type of humor, you should totally check it out. Jen, how about the next category? Show or movie you've binged you're pretty sure no one else has. Degrassi Next Class. You do love a Degrassi. I mean, I have to say, I feel like I have a lot of them. One is probably a series of unfortunate events. Did you watch that? I did not, unfortunately. I mean, I've seen it 80,000 times. Neil Patrick Harris, brilliant in it. So many costumes, so many great co-stars. Uh, Degrassi has no costumes, but it has four seasons on Netflix, and I really do think I was one of the few who watched it, because people look at me blankly like you are right now as I'm talking about it. Fair. I mean, I am. Jen, next category. All-time favorite Netflix show. Bridgerton. You know, I love a Shonda Rhimes show. I was a fan of Grey's Anatomy. In fact, I still watch Grey's Anatomy even 20 seasons later. I was the biggest Scandal fan. And Bridgerton just, it's so well done. It's serving pure fantasy. It's serving outfits. It's serving great acting. Like, I'm there for it. And first two seasons I devoured. Good one. Um, I'm going to go old school and go Orange is the New Black. Oh, which just celebrated its 10th anniversary. Jessica, tell me why you love that show so much. I mean, that was one of the first shows that I think put Netflix on the map even. But the creativity of those scripts and the setting, obviously, I mean, I feel like there weren't 
8 billion shows that had casts that were 99% women. And this show was funny and it was moving and it was heartfelt and it was weird and it was dirty and it was everything good. I love that show. All right, Jen, next category. Next up, show or movie you can't stop thinking about. I'm cheating on this one, Jessica. Okay. It's a movie called May, December. It's not coming out until December. I can't say a lot about it, but it played at Cannes. It stars Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman and Charles Melton from Riverdale. I saw it maybe six weeks ago, and I can't stop thinking about it. I think about it every day. How dare you? Because now it's going to be all that I think about until December when the common folk like myself get to see it. Do you have an answer here? I sure do. Dead to me. I love the show Dead to Me. I thought that final season was so beautiful. Just thinking about it, I love it so much. The goodbye between Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate's characters is one of the most moving things in the whole world. I just, I adore that season. I think about it all the time. All three seasons are available to stream on Netflix, and I agree. It's one of my all-time favorite Netflix shows. In fact, I may take back my Bridgerton answer and make it a tie between Bridgerton and Dead to Me. All right, Jen, what's the next one? Favorite Netflix reality show. Three, two, one, go. Ultimatum Queer Love. Yeah, there's only one right answer. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that is the answer. Ultimatum Queer Love. It's the best reality show. It could be one of the best shows of all time. I agree completely. So for those who don't know um, what that show is, they took the ultimatum formula where one part of the couple gives the other an ultimatum to marry or move on. And it's all queer women and non-binary people. And it came out in May and it's eight or 10 episodes. It's delightful. It's everything you want out of an unscripted show. I might not ever want to watch straight people in reality shows again. (laughs) Just queer love. Yes, it was just it was one of the great seasons of TV. Well, I hope Jessica and I have given you a few things to add to your queue. Um, I know, Jessica, I need to go back and watch that documentary immediately. Oh, Wild Wild Country? Yes, Yes, you do. Okay, that's what I'm doing tonight. Absolutely. We've got some upcoming releases that we are very excited about. And for these, we are joined by Tadoom.com's editor, Ann Cohen. And it's so great to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. You are the film editor extraordinaire, and we have got a huge, huge blockbuster at Netflix coming out tomorrow. Tell us about Heart of Stone. Gal Gadot plays secret agent Rachel Stone, who works for this super spy organization called The Charter. And unlike, you know, your James Bonds of the world, you know, they have no national allegiances. They use a really powerful AI called The Heart, which can either predict how many hours of Queen Charlotte, you binge this week, or whether you're about to attack a country and um, tell you the probability of success in neutralizing that threat. But then somebody tries to seal the heart. So Rachel Stone has to do everything she can to stop them. It sounds like the heart is profiling what I did last weekend. And this is definitely one for adrenaline junkies. In fact, the first 20 minutes are some of the most gripping footage I've seen in a film in a very long time. I love a ski caper. Skiing's the only sport I'm good at, so I can really relate to this. In the beginning of the movie, Rachel Stone's working with MI6, and they're at the top of the Italian Alps. And in trying to recover a suspect, she has to ski down the mountain. But not only does she have to ski down the mountain, she has to jump off a 3,000-foot cliff wearing a parachute, which apparently, according to the heart, is against all odds. And I'm not going to spoil what happens, but it's, it's worth it just for that. Jack, this is Nine of Hearts. Urgent forecast required. Nine, we have your position in a full overview. Projecting forward now. 
The MI6 team won't get down the mountain in time. The heart gives a 93% chance that Parker will die and Mulvaney will get away unless the Charter intervenes. I'm gonna need a parachute. 50 meters away over the handrail to your right. And don't blow your cover. On it. And one of the things I loved also was the way that the AI, the way the heart is portrayed and depicted. It's so exhilarating and very stressful. I found myself watching it and I was like, oh, my God, there's there's a lot of information. I don't know how I'm going to metabolize this and integrate this into my mind. I kind of felt like it was like the inside of my brain, like when you're doing something and they're like, this is probably not going to work. And you're like, watch me. But then, you know, it kind of changes in real time. And all of a sudden, it's like, actually, I'm going to pull this off. Great. Alia Bhatt, who's one of the stars in the movie, is a huge, huge star in India, but kind of relatively unknown to U.S. audiences. Yeah, so she plays hacker Kia Dewan, who is the person who's trying to steal the heart. And she's really great. I found her really relatable. Um, she's really grounded. She's such a fun antagonist to Gal Gadot. They have really different performance styles, and watching them face off in the movie is, like, one of my favorite parts of it. I also love her chemistry with Jamie Dornan, who's terrific in it. Without spoiling too much, what did you think of his performance and who he was playing? I loved watching him do action. I'm a huge fan of The Fall, which is very different from this, but, you know, kind of getting to see him do this like complicated role and do all these stunts was really exciting. I, I, I think people are going to love him. This film also plays like a real travel log and like they shot all over the world. Yeah. So uh, like I said before, they shot the first scene takes place in the Italian Alps, but then they also shot some scenes in London. There's an amazing and very thrilling chase through the windy streets of Lisbon in Portugal. They shot in the Moroccan desert and they shot in the air. And I'm not going to tell you why but just literally the Earth's atmosphere. (laughs) There is a travel porn quality to this movie as I was watching it. I was like, I don't necessarily want to be in that specific situation, but I definitely want to go to Lisbon. Right, like I don't want to be fighting for my life, but a stroll through these streets, yes. Yeah, not bad. I sort of felt that way when watching Murder Mystery 2, the Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston film that came out earlier this year on Netflix that had some scenes all through Paris. Like, it made me miss Paris, but I didn't want to be on that high-stakes chase with them. Right, like, do I want to be hanging off the Eiffel Tower? No. But do I want to be near the Eiffel Tower? Absolutely. And there are some crazy, crazy, crazy cameos in this movie. Even to hint at the names would spoil them. But I know that my jaw was on the floor. I'm dying to know how they pulled it off and can't wait to discover that. It's a terrific treat for viewers in the film, for sure. I also love that Gal Gadot's character of Rachel Stone, you get the sense that this could be the start of something in a James Bond kind of way. She has this mission that she's on now and like, you know, spoiler alert. It is open for another. I mean, it's literally like every action movie in the world. There could be another one. I sort of love that idea. I would love to get to know this character more. I would love to see her, you know, develop this character further and um, take on new adventures. Heart of Stone is available on Netflix tomorrow, August 11th. So be sure to check it out. But it's not the only new title coming to Netflix this week. We're going to tell you about two others that you don't want to miss. First up is Painkiller, directed by Pete Berg of Friday Night Lights fame. It's a fictional retelling of the Oxycontin crisis told through the perspective of four individuals. This cast is stacked. It has Uzo Aduba, Matthew Broderick, 
Taylor Kitsch, Wes Duchovny, who you may know as the daughter of David Duchovny and Taylor Leone. And Anne, aside from being our film expert, you also did some reporting and writing on this piece. So one thing that I found so interesting about this show was that, like, you think you know this story. Everyone's heard of this crisis. It just shows this 360 perspective of every level of government, pharmaceutical companies, doctors, reps, patients. Like, it's just the whole ecosystem that had to exist for this crisis to exist. And that's what's, you know, fascinating about the show. I thought all the paths in, like you said, were very... Very interesting. The one that stood out to me very much was the plot line with Shannon Schaefer, who's played by Wes Duchovny, and just that world of the salespeople who very often were young women, young, attractive women, and written into their role as salespeople was this kind of flirtation and how can we get a lot of these doctors, many of whom were men, to agree to up the dosages, to prescribe more, more, more. I could watch a whole show just about that. Just the the way that they're recruited, how they go about their work. You know, these are often young women who are trying to you know, pursue their American dream, trying to get out in the world, trying to make some money and be independent, you know, but at the cost of, you know, so many lives. Are there any standout moments or scenes within the six episodes that really have stuck with you? Even just the opening of the show, I think, is really striking. You know, Matthew Roderick as the character of Richard Sackler waking up in his ginormous mansion, you know, and it's completely silent. But, you know, rich people have real person problems, too. And his fire alarm is beeping and it's so high up in the ceiling that he can't get to it. And I found that, you know, just really poignant. way that Pete Berg directs it, it's so odd. And he gives him a lot of moments, like you said, that are without dialogue just to be in this man's body and to see how he quite literally walks through life or swims at times. or the, And the way the camera really lingers on him is it makes you very uncomfortable and you can really feel the discomfort that he exists with in daily life. I have to say, I thought Uzo Duba was absolutely brilliant. She plays this attorney, and she is so broken by this crisis and has been has devoted so much of her career to trying to prosecute the Sacklers and Purdue Pharma. There's a moment early in the in the season where she literally can't sit in the same chair that Richard Sackler sat in, and I just I. I found her performance, sometimes it's like the lawyer, you just think how, you know, this is going to be like oh, a lot of legal stuff and whatever, how emotional or how, how much will I emotionally connect to this character? And I really did so much with her. She's incredible. And also like in a show where some, you know, some of the characters are based on real people, she's a composite of so many of the people who came up against Purdue Pharma and tried to prosecute the people behind this crisis at every level. And what's amazing about her performance and her characters, you, you really through her understand the frustration at every single roadblock. Like there are so many roadblocks to justice in this case. And it's, it's just like over and over. You think she has it. And then it's like she's thwarted again. It's really incredible. Talk to us about Taylor Kitsch's performance as Glenn. He's so good in this. He plays someone who is injured at work and is prescribed opioids and spirals into addiction. And it's so heartbreaking. Can't say enough good things about it. I mean, are we going to talk about the Friday Night Lights reunion here? Yes, we should. Yeah. Pete Berg, Taylor Kitsch, they need to be working together all the time. The second I saw those two names on one series, I just did, you know, 
a silent high five to myself. You can tell that he brings something out of him in this very, you know, like clearly their relationship runs deep and they have this very long professional relationship, but he brings something out of Taylor Kitsch that's really impressive. We hope you'll check out this drama, Painkillers, that's out today. Also out this week is the latest installment of the untold sports documentary series called Johnny Football. The documentary traces the meteoric rise and fall of football star Johnny Manziel via interviews with friends, coaches, and Manziel himself. I was absolutely riveted. I mean, the title is Untold Johnny Football. He was known for years and years as Johnny Football, as this star Texas player. He won the Heisman Trophy. I also found out what that was (laughs) while watching this documentary. And just someone who had just the world at his feet. People loved him. They loved to see him. They loved to take pictures of him. He had an extraordinary talent as a quarterback on the football field. And yet what happened? Because he got into partying, he got into drinking, and you watch everything slip away. And it's just, it's a fascinating cautionary tale. And just a look at at what happens at, at the different paths that people's lives go down when it could have been something so unbelievably different. Johnny Football is out now. Hope you'll check it out. It is incredibly gripping. In fact, this whole sports series has been really, really exciting. It's premiering over all of August, three films and four episode series. And I was pulling back the curtain on some of the most infamous events in sports. I'm particularly excited about the last installment on August 23rd about the Florida Gators and how it went from being underdogs to being college football winners thanks to the work of coach Urban Meyer and quarterback Tim Tebow. The top 10 TV shows are filled with great titles this week. We're going to tell you which ones you can't miss. At number 10 is Coco Melon, season 8 of the animated kids show. At number 9 is the first season of Om Nom Stories. Om Nom discovers a time machine that sends him back to the Stone Age, and there he finds an enchanted book, chases an evil wizard, and meets many friends for other adventures. That sounds like my regular Tuesday. I want to get in a time machine and become a kid myself. Number eight is Too Hot to Handle, and this is about gorgeous singles who meet and mingle, but there is a twist. To win an enticing grand prize, they have to give up sex. I'm not comfortable with going from Omnum Stories to Too Hot to Handle, as we just did. But yes, I mean, hashtag brave, these people, you know what I mean? (laughs) I was also going to say, sounds like another Tuesday for me. Number seven is Fatal Seduction. This is about a married college professor who is pulled into a passionate affair with a younger man that uncovers a path to tragedy and betrayal from those closest to her. This sounds super fun. First of all, Fatal Seduction sounds a lot like Fatal Attraction, which is a great movie. So, and immediately this plot point of a married professor kind of getting involved with this younger guy just sounds very shady. And I love a shady series. Number six is the first season of Lincoln Lawyer, which came out actually last year. This is about the hotshot Los Angeles lawyer Mickey Heller, who restarts his career from the back of a Lincoln, literally a car. What I love about this show is its deep supporting cast. And I know, Jessica, you are also a huge Ugly Betty fan. And so imagine my surprise when I turned on the show and saw Becky Newton of Ugly Betty fame just doing her fabulous self. Oh, Becky Newton for life. I love her so much. 
I'm obsessed with the fact that this takes place in the back of a Lincoln. I feel like it's very reminiscent of Jewel living in her van. Listen, a Lincoln is not a small car. A lot can happen in there. At number five is How to Become a Cult Leader, the first season of the show, which has been the top 10 for one week. This is a look inside a cult leader's playbook for achieving unconditional love, endless devotion, and power to control people's minds, bodies, and souls. It's narrated by Peter Dinklage. And just world, let's not use this as a how-to because we really don't need more cult leaders. But yes, it's a fascinating show as we established early on. I do love a show about cults. You love a cult. I do. At number four is season three of Sweet Magnolias. It's been on the top 10 for three weeks, and it's about lifelong friends Maddie, Helen, and Dana Sue, who lift each other up as they juggle relationships, families, and career in the small town of Serenity. I mean, this is the best show ever. This is the show that if you're home and the air conditioning is broken, you're still going to stay and watch every episode. I love it. It's like pour yourself a cool drink and just sit down and watch the show and then immediately text all your girlfriends. That is how I felt about Firefly Lane, which was like the actually the opposite. It was a warm blanket of a show. So like in the middle of winter, I just threw on a blanket, threw on the fire and watched Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk do their thing. Oh, yes. And speaking of time travel, there was a lot of time travel there. At number three is The Witcher. Season three of The Witcher has been in the top 10 for six weeks now. And what's notable about this season, it is Henry Cavill's final season and Liam Hemsworth will be replacing him in season four. At number two is season two of Heartstopper. It's the first week in the top 10. I can't say enough wonderful things about this show. It is about a group of LGBTQ teens and their friendships and relationships and Wow, do I love it. Um, and I'm so happy to see it's being so well received. Um, last week's episode previewed this new season, so be sure to check that out if you haven't. And Heartstopper, luckily, has already been renewed for season three. Our writers at Tadoom.com interviewed Alice Oseman, the creator, and she told us the word she'd like to tease the upcoming season with is love. Oh, I have to say, every so often there is a show that you feel like collectively every single person is watching. And Heartstopper is that show. I can't tell you the number of conversations with wildly different people with different jobs, different ages. And it just seems to be one of these shows that is really connected with people. And the number one show of the week is Lincoln Lawyer Season 2. It's been in the top 10 for five weeks, and we talked about it a bit earlier. I did want to point out in the second season, there's some exciting new casting. Lana Perea of Once Upon a Time fame plays the client of Mickey's, the main client this season. And Yaya DaCosta of America's Next Top Model fame plays his adversary. Still takes place in the back of a Lincoln? No, no more Lincolns. Okay, perfect. They've got a real law office now. That Becky Newton is running the crap out of. You know she is. She absolutely is. That is going to do it for our second episode. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure. It's been such a joy. I have so much binging to do. So much binging, and I've learned so much about you even after 20 years. I love a Lemony Snicket series. Make sure you check out Heart of Stone, 
Painkiller and Untold Johnny Football, and also our sister podcast, Skip Intro, where you can hear Krista Smith's in-depth interview with Gal Gadot. Next week, we'll be previewing the new season of The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On, and new episodes of this podcast are released every Thursday. You can find us at your friendly neighborhood podcast store. You can always read exclusive coverage about the shows and movies we talked about today and more on todoom.com. That's going to do it for our second episode. Thank you so much for listening.